Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Sunday, November the 29th, 2020, and this is the Truth Hurts program. I'm your host, Steve Z. There's a lot to ramble on about this afternoon from the front seat of the old F-250 pickup truck, and I think I'll do that. I do want to apologize to my listeners who had become accustomed to me sending out a text message to you when the Truth Hurts program airs a new episode. It does get a little bit uh, tedious to be able to do so, aside from the regular job and all of the other things that I have going on in my world. And as the audience grows, being able to send out each person an individualized text message or even a group text is beyond my technological ignorance at this point in time. However, I will be consulting with someone here in the near future to try and make it so that you are notified when a new episode of the Truth Hurts program hits. I do apologize for the background noise today. We are in the middle of a frontal system moving through the New Orleans metro area right now. I'm on the highway. The ground is wet. The windshield wipers are going. And all of that noise that's associated with rushing water coming from the sky does tend to make it a little bit difficult to hear at times. I said it before, I've said it before, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The fat lady still hasn't sang yet. She hasn't begun to sing. I know she's out there waiting in the wings. I hear her warming up. They keep sending champagne and caviar to the fat lady's dressing room, but she's still not out on stage singing. And perhaps that's because As more and more is discovered, is found out, is ferreted out, is weeded out, it's discovered, it's uncovered in regards to the very questionable results of the 2020 presidential election, there may be a need to put the fat lady back in the closet. As gropey Joe Biden and his team continue to try and convince you to convince me, to convince everyone that the election is over and they won, much like Al Gore tried to do for 37 days in the year 2000. Legal experts, scholars, persons very knowledgeable in election fraud and in election systems, as well as in cybersecurity and tampering, are now coming forward with credible evidence of interference, of voting irregularities, of out-and-out fraud associated with the 2020 election. Not like the lies, the allegations, and the unfounded, baseless accusations against Trump in the 2016 election. You remember when all you heard for years literally years, not just days or months, years, all you heard was Russian collusion, Russian interference in our election system, meddling, tampering, and hacking sensitive electronic polling machines, not unlike those put out by Dominion, which are now being proven daily 
to be quite easily hacked, to be quite easily tampered with, modified, altered, changed, and have the old switcheroo put into effect, switching hundreds of thousands of votes that we now know of from Biden, excuse me, from Trump to Biden, votes that went to Trump initially, and then the machine did a little switcheroo and transferred those votes to sleepy, creepy, touchy, feely, muttering, puttering, futtering, stuttering, stammering, mopey, dopey, little girl gropey, barisma, Beijing, Joe Biden. I think I got them all in there that time. It, they say it's best to properly describe someone that you're talking about, so that's what I have. Those votes that went to Trump and then were magically, mysteriously switched over to Biden. Any other election year, people stay up all night counting the votes. And there are poll watchers allowed to watch the counting. Oh, but no, not this year. Not in 2020. Let's blame it on the COVID. We can't have people standing too close to one another. In other words, translated to, we can't have people seeing us switching votes. Yes, this year they locked out the Republican poll watchers in many of the polling places and the places where they count votes. Yes, this year they kept them out of the buildings altogether and they papered over the windows and the doors. They kept people hundreds of feet away where you could not possibly, without binoculars, see what was exactly going on. All the sneaky backroom underhanded dealings that were going on were switching votes from Trump to Biden. And then when their glitchy Dominion software and their smart whatever software couldn't keep up with the number of legitimate Trump votes being cast, their algorithm said, okay, for every so many Trump votes, we'll be able to switch X number to Biden. But it turns out that there were far, far, far more many Trump votes than they anticipated, and the machinery could not keep up with the fraud action that it was programmed, I'm sorry, glitched to do. And in typical Democrat fashion, instead of saying, oops, we screwed up, oops, here it is, oops, here's the truth, they dig further and further and further and further into their bag of lies their basket of bullshit, and they continue to do what Democrats do. They laugh. They have the audacity, the nerve, the unmitigated gall to laugh at anyone who dares question the results of the election. Yes, I remember those clowns laughing in the year 2000. Then I remember them crying and crying and whining and moaning after the vote recount in Florida gave that election to George W. Bush and took it away from Al Gore. It's very similar, except this time the fraud, the abuse, the attempt to count votes that should not be counted ranges over seven states instead of just one. This time, a glitchy software program, yeah, glitchy my ass, a software voting system program rife with issues, errors, so much so that the state of Texas refused to even consider 
Dominion voting software. Not once, but twice after they were found to be deficient. You have been weighed and measured, Dominion, and you have been found wanting, the state of Texas told them. So then Dominion said, Ooh, we'll fix it. Damn, they caught us. They caught us, damn it. We'll fix it. And they fixed it, and they presented it to the state of Texas again. The state of Texas looked over the Dominion software and said, You have been weighed and you have been measured, and you have again been found wanting, lacking. And therefore, those wonderful folks in Texas did what they should have done. They got rid of Dominion. They got rid of them. They said, no, we don't want anything to do with you. My apologies, folks, for the, uh, the seeming uh, delay here and the seeming waywardness of this particular segment. I'm driving down the interstate in a driving rain, and I'm watching two motorcycles ahead of me, and I'm doing what I think is the right thing to do. I've thrown on my emergency four-way flashers because in the speed limit being 70 here and people rushing by at 70, 75, 80 miles an hour in a driving rainstorm, both of these motorcycles are going about 45. So I've thrown on the hazards and the, uh, the emergency strobes and I'm going slowly behind them to keep someone from running up on them as I almost did and crashing into the back of them. One is an old Harley an old Harley. I don't even know uh, what model. kind of looks like a Sportster, but it's not. It's a small bike with a small person on it. The other bike is a bigger Harley, and it has a trailer behind it with one, two, three, four, five suitcases stacked up and strapped down on these tiny, what looks like bicycle tires. And they're traveling down the interstate here at 44 miles an hour right now. They really need to get off, and what I think I'm going to do is uh, go ahead and take a short break, see if I can either convince them to get the hell off the interstate, or perhaps call for some law, enforce law enforcement assistance to help them to make the right choice. It is a matter of safety, and I would hate to be the guy driving along and not see them with their very dim single light on the rear in this driving rainstorm and crush some poor soul on a motorcycle who has no damn business being on the road right now, especially going below the posted minimum speed limit in a driving rainstorm. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. This is the Truth Hurts program. Okay, boys and girls, I am back. We're going to chalk this one up to the no good deed shall go unpunished. And next time, mind your own damn business, Steve, file. So I, uh, as I said before the break, was traveling along and saw the two very underpowered motorcycles traveling along Interstate 10. One with a trailer stacked full of luggage literally about to fall apart going below the speed limit but not below the speed limit but below the posted minimum speed limit of 45 miles an hour in a driving rainstorm 
very dangerous. As I came upon them, I thought, man, I almost slammed into the back of one of them. And uh, someone else who might not have been paying attention at the time might have caused them great bodily harm or damage or maybe even death. So I figured I'd do the right thing. I uh, urged them to get off the next exit, which they did, and they got to a fuel station. And the woman on the smaller bike asked me, what is your problem? And I said, oh, I just almost ran over you guys. Your light's not very bright. You're going very, very slowly, and someone not paying attention might run over you. To which the guy on the bike with the trailer behind him got off and basically gave me a mouthful of what I should and shouldn't be bothering with. So I said, okay, well, next time I'll just pass you, let the guy behind me not paying attention run over you and kill you. And he said, well, if I die, that's Allah's will. We'll leave it at that. I do believe in stopping and helping folks on the side of the road when they have a flat tire, unless they look like they're able-bodied and, and capable of doing it. But lesson and note to self, just let them die if that's the way they want to be. I hate to be that way, but in this day and age, I'm constantly warned by friends and family members, how, how dumb are you, Steve, to be stopping ever? How do you know that person walking down the interstate with a gas can in his hand doesn't just do that as a ploy to carjack someone? Yeah, I try to believe in the goodness of people whenever possible, but I guess those are possibilities and we always need to be wary of what could happen. They also said, trust your election system. Well, they said that until... 2000, and then Gore and them said, no, 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 don't trust your election system, oh, hanging chads and blah, 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 blah. And then they said, trust your election system. That is until Donald Trump got into the initial race in 2016. Then they spent years trying to convince everyone that Donald Trump was in league with the Russians and the Chinese and this one and that one and the other one to rig the election. And that with all of his money and power and influence around the world, there's no way he was going to get elected. Hillary Clinton, if you recall, was up 18% in the polls. And Trump beat her. Biden was supposed to be up 17% in the polls for this election. And right now the margin is so very razor thin that if you took out the questionable votes on both sides, questionable Trump votes, questionable Biden votes, Trump would win probably by close to a million votes. They were not prepared for this, people. They were not prepared for the massive red wave of Trump supporters. They were not ready for this at all. They could not fathom the remote possibility that Donald Trump could beat Hillary Clinton back in 2016, and they certainly don't think he could beat gropey, mopey, dopey, sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely Joe Biden in 2020. Why, that's insane to even think of it. I'll tell you something, people. When the truth comes out, and I hope it comes out before the Electoral College votes, but when Democrats play games and use the courts to deny people the right to even question an election. You have to ask, why? 
If you guys are all about the truth, then let's do an investigation. Let's check into this thing. It's the right thing to do. Oh, but they won't. They can't. They can't possibly allow more time to investigate the massive irregularities, the fraud, the corruption. Oh, heavens no. What would it do to the Democrat Party to be found out? Not only did you lie about Trump's 2016 election interference and collusion, but now you lied and used technology to cheat your way into the White House in 2020. It could very likely spell the end of the Democrat Party, which is what we need anyway. No offense. We need to abolish the Democrat Party totally, incompletely. Just make them go away. No more Democrat Party. And then usher in two or three other parties. Make room for more than just a two-party system in the United States. And then you can build coalition governments where two parties get together on an issue that is so important to them that those two parties can make a difference. But you'll have opposing points of view. Let's call them the Wacko Nutjob Party, the Green New Deal Party, the No Guns Party, the Conservative Party. Let's say we have four parties in our country. If the Wacko Gun Party and the Green New Deal Party and, let's say, just for shits and grins, the Conservative Party all get together and decide we want to make open-air festivals open regardless of COVID. That's silly, but let's just just say that's something they want to campaign on. Then they could use that particular platform to develop a methodology for governance. Makes plenty sense to me, but it'll never happen because those Republicans that are so ensconced in the two-party system who feel it's okay to trade places, you have four years, then we'll have four years, or you have eight years and we'll have eight years, or you have four years and we'll have eight years, and then we'll have four years and you can have eight years. That system, it's working for them because it keeps them knowing that they'll be in power at least half the time on average. It sucks, my friends, but it's where we are. And only time will tell and only the truth will come out at some point, hopefully before gropey Joe Biden and Camel Toe Harris occupy the White House. This is the Truth Hurts program. Now, as I've told you before, I'll say it again. The Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 was the Democrats' trump card. I hate to use that (laughs) pun, Uh, no pun intended, but they're they're using the COVID-19, excuse me, as a means to an end. Whenever things don't go their way, they don't have Russian collusion to fall back on. They don't have Stormy Daniels to fall back on. They don't have hookers peeing on beds in hotel rooms to fall back on. They don't dare bring up the Ukraine again because every time you bring up the Ukraine, they are reminded about the Hunter Biden involvement in the Ukraine. And that's not good for Democrat business. 
Nope, they pull the old COVID card out. Almost as much as the 13% double-A minority hyphenated American crowd pulls out the race card. It's kind of scary when you think about it. Don't like something going on in the news? Bring back COVID. Don't like something going on in your Democrat party? You afraid you're going to get caught, busted in a lie? Corruption? Voter fraud? Pull out the old COVID card. And that's exactly what they're doing right now. Knowing full well that the media could possibly be forced to focus their attention on the Trump accusations of voter irregularities by the Democrats, the Democrats are pulling out the COVID card again and again and again. And let's face it, folks, what better way to pull it out again and show that card than to say there are massive increases in COVID cases, just like they did back in January. It's an over and over and over again free pass. It's like the get into Disney World for free every day of the year pass for them because they can twist and turn the media's attention away from voter fraud by simply putting a picture of that stupid little COVID virus back on the screen. Yes, boys and girls, if you've got a story you want to bury, all you need to do now is pull out the COVID card. It's really strange, though. They haven't brought Dr. Anthony Fauci back out or Dr. Burks. They're just not doing it. And with more and more and more states going back into lockdown right before the holiday season, it's a way for the news media and the Democrats to divert your attention away from voter fraud, from election interference, from ballot harvesting, from Dominion voting software malfunctions and glitches and what is most likely going to be out and out designed and engineered rigging of the election. Yep, we don't have time to talk about that. We only have time to speak about COVID-19, the Wuhan, China, novel coronavirus coming back to a television near you. That's what it's all about, folks. Divert, deny, and then when you finally get busted and all else fails, defend your actions. The city of New Orleans, run by Democrat Mayor LaToilette Cantrell, LaToya the Destroyer, has canceled Mardi Gras for the 2021 Mardi Gras season, which was scheduled to begin seven days into the new year. The Mardi Gras season begins on 12th night, 12th day of Christmas, on the 12th day of Christmas. That's what it means, 12th of, 12th day of Christmas means the 12th day after Christmas. And that traditionally starts the carnival season in New Orleans. And then you go forward from the 12th night at the beginning and you come backwards from Easter Sunday, the 40 days of the Lenten feast of the Catholic Church, minus Sundays, of course. And that's where you get your Mardi Gras day. 
this year it won't matter. Mardi Gras could be on the 4th of July. It could be tomorrow. It doesn't matter because Latoya the Destroyer has spoken and she has canceled Mardi Gras for the upcoming year because she knows with her crystal ball, she have a crystal ball, y'all, and she have looked in the crystal ball and she is certain that the COVID will not have gone away by the time Mardi Gras hits New Orleans for 2021. So we are going to do our best to try and soften the blow of not having a Mardi Gras this year. There will be no parades, there will be no Mardi Gras balls, there will be no parties. It's just gonna be a different kind of year, y'all. We probably gonna run some video of previous year parades on the television. Shut up, LaToya. The city of New Orleans relies extremely heavily upon tourism. And the very busiest time of the year, economically speaking, sheer crowd number speaking, is of course Mardi Gras in New Orleans. It's Mardi, M-A-R-D-I, Gras, G-R-A-S. French translation, Fat Tuesday. It's not Mardi Gras, not Mardi Gras, it's Mardi Gras. And she's the mayor of New Orleans and she doesn't realize what the French Quarter is. The French Quarter. It's not the quarters. There's no S on the end. It's not plural. It's not two coins in your pocket. When New Orleans was a fledgling city, it changed hands from the French to the Spanish, eventually to America. And the city was deeply racially divided way back even as far as 1803 when the state of Louisiana was actually annexed in the Louisiana Purchase. Louisiana has buildings that date back to the late 1600s, early 1700s. The French settled, <coughs> excuse me, quite intelligently in the higher parts of ground, in the non-flooding area, which is now known as the French Quarter. At one point, the city was divided into four equal-sized parts. The French Quarter. There was the Spanish Quarter. There was the, well, I can't use that term anymore. There was a quarter of the city that was devoted to enslaved peoples and peoples of color. And then there was another quarter of the city that was basically uninhabited and at the time uninhabitable. It was a swamp. It was a wetland. The French took the best quarter of the city for themselves. They discovered the thing. And so you have the French Quarter, home of the Mardi Gras, home of lots of things touristy in the city of New Orleans. And on the edge of the French Quarter sits the Mississippi River and the old French slave market where they sold slaves 
and the old French fruit and vegetable and fur trapping and trading market. There were agriculture sales. There were livestock sales. This area is very old and it's run by an idiot. An idiot who runs for the Democrats. She, the Democrat, La Toilet Cantrell, follows in a long line of Democrat moron mayors of the city of New Orleans who have literally, not figuratively, literally run off all of the major businesses from the city of New Orleans. Think of it. At one time, Shell Oil, Exxon Standard Oil, Mobil, Tenneco, Sitco, and other oil companies either had their headquarters or their U.S. operational headquarters located in the city of New Orleans. New Orleans was the hub of all Gulf of Mexico oil and gas exploration operations. But, as I've told you on previous programs, and I'll say it again briefly, the Democrat mayors, starting in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, all the way to 2020s here, they stick their grubby little paws out looking for a handout or a kickback or some play-to-pay deal or pay-to-play deal. Some quid pro quo. Some you scratchy my back, I scratchy your back. And the oil companies got sick of it. So they began shopping around for new places to put their headquarters. Houston said, we'll take you. You don't have to worry about increasing property taxes and all that stuff. We'll take you and we'll let you be tax free for X number of years. And the oil company said, well, beats paying kickbacks and handouts plus high taxes. So they loaded up the truck and they moved to Houston. That's what they did. And it left the city of New Orleans with nothing left but tourism. <clears throat> tourism in New Orleans is defined as a bunch of young minority kids banging on five-gallon drums on street corners with drumsticks and the occasional kid with a beat-up trumpet pretending to be Al Hurt or some guy rapping. That's it. Sure, there's some t-shirt shops, lots of bars and places with halfway decent bands playing occasionally. But it really is not enough to sustain an entire economy. And the city's infrastructure continues to crumble. We had another water main break this week in the city of New Orleans. And the mayor and in her infinite stupidity says, well, we're gonna have to come to expect this. Our city water, water pipes and water lines, some of them is over 100 years old. And we just don't have the tax money to fix it. Well, LaToya, what have you guys done with the tax money that you've collected all of those years? Oh, that's right, you squandered it. You stuck it in your own back pockets. You kicked it back to this one, that one, and the other one, and you didn't fix a damn thing. And now you want to complain. And you go, oh, thank the good Lord. We had some hurricanes fly through the area. Let's ask the federal government to bail us out. And 
let's ask Donald Trump, but he said no. So let's ask Grumpy Joe Biden and Kamato Harris to bail us out with a stimulus. We'll ask nasty Nancy Pelosi. We'll ask Chuckle Schumer. They'll give us some federal money so we can fix all the stuff that we ain't fixed in the last 65 years. But they won't. They'll take the money and they'll hire their friends, their relatives, their cousins, their kin, their neighbors, their former schoolmates, and they'll form committees and commissions and they'll do studies to see how to best spend all that money. And when they've spent most of all of that money on commissions and committees and focus groups, studies, nothing still will have gotten fixed because that's the Democrat way of doing things. And they'll once again hold their hand out begging, begging, begging for more. They've taught their voters that that's the way to get by, to get over, to get around, to get through the system. Just hold your hands out, scream racism, scream bigotry, scream, oh, they are doing it to us, scream, I'm a victim, 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 victim. Sooner or later, in order to pander for votes, some Democrat politician will open up the coffers and give you more money to yet again squander. It never ends, folks. This is the Truth Hurts Program. I want to switch gears on your Sunday afternoon here to talk about the Powerball and the Mega Millions jackpots. As of today, the 29th of November, the Mega Millions jackpot is 229 million. The Powerball jackpot is 231 million. You ever wonder, you ever sit back and say, what if, what if I won? What would you do with $229 million? Well, of course, the first thing you'd do is pay about half, if not more, of that in taxes. We all know that to be a fact. And so I figured out of $230 million, you're going to pay about $115 million in taxes. All right, let's round that down to $100 million in taxes. Now, if you take the lump sum, they cut it even further... That 230, 231 million is an annuitized jackpot amount, and you get that over the course of 20 years. So if you're an old fart like I am, pushing 60, you don't want that 231 million dollars over the next 20 years. You'll go ahead and probably settle for the after-tax amount of $83,500,000. I could probably... Yeah, I could probably do with that. I think that would be a nice way to... to end the last 20 or so years of my existence on this rock. Yes, $83,000,000, million in your bank account after taxes. And you think that's it. After that, I pay the taxes. I'm good to go. The rest of it's mine, all mine. But it's not true, as you all know. Because let's say you decide to go buy that beautiful $3 million home. 
You're paying taxes on that $3 million home, and you'll pay property taxes each and every year for the remainder of your days on the value of that home. Okay, I'll go buy a brand new Ferrari. Fine, you'll be paying a buttload of taxes on that Ferrari. Not to mention all of the other taxes you'll pay for maintenance and upkeep and fuel and tires, etc., etc. You see, folks, the taxation never ends. I took an economics class many, many, many years ago. We didn't use computers in the classrooms. We used pencils and paper and occasionally a calculator. And I figured at that time a Big Mac hamburger cost $1.50. This is going way back. A Big Mac cost $1.50 at your local fast food restaurant. A buck and a half. And I set about the task of trying to figure out just how much of that $1.50 was actually being paid in taxes. It's amazing that Big Mac probably really true cost without taxes was about nine cents out of a dollar fifty. First of all, you have the tax on the franchise of being a McDonald's franchisee. You have the tax on the property you purchased and on the building supplies, materials, and labor that you had to endure for that business to be constructed. You're paying taxes on the property each and every year. Of course, that's all divided over the course of the number of Big Macs you sell. But you have all of those taxes. You pay tax every time you order napkins, paper goods, lids for the drink cups, the drink cups themselves, the salt, the pepper, whatever it is you're using to make the Big Mac, the wrapper that the Big Mac comes in. You're paying taxes on the fuel that the truck driver filled up his fuel tank with. You're paying also for the taxes on that truck, the tires on that truck, the income of the driver of that truck, not to mention the income of your McDonald's manager and all the employees. You're paying taxes on the land where that Big Mac's hamburger meat was grown and the wheat that was used to make the bread. The farmer pays taxes to buy the cow. Then he pays a yearly tax on his livestock and on his property. Then he has to have that meat butchered, and there's a tax being charged there. And then frozen, so there's a tax on the refrigeration equipment and the place where they store that frozen meat. And then on the transportation to get that meat to the McDonald's. You're paying taxes on the fuel it took for you to get your car to the McDonald's to buy the Big Mac. All in all, that $1.50 hamburger 30 years ago had about eight cents worth of actual cost and the rest all went in some way, shape, fashion, or form into taxes. It's kind of scary, isn't it? And remember, we got pissed off and broke away from England because they wanted to put a two cent tax, a 2% tax on a box of tea tea the Boston Tea Party that should be enough to scare you and make you wonder why the hell we're putting up with it now is it because our king doesn't wear a crown 
Sorry for the jumpiness there. Just about witnessed an accident. Moron A in the center lane decided he wanted to be in the right lane. Moron B was in the right lane talking on her, not talking on her cell phone, but texting on her cell phone. Luckily, Moron A in the center lane noticed at the very last possible second that he was about to just merge right on over into the door of Moron B, who for a moment seemed oblivious and then realized, holy cow, there's a car about to plow into me and swerved all the way off onto the shoulder and then quickly corrected to get back onto the road and almost lost it. It's fun to watch idiots trying to drive in the rain, let me tell you. Hey, folks, that's going to do it for this Sunday edition of the Truth Hurts program. Thanks for listening. Thanks for indulging me. I know you've got better things to do with your time than listen to this program, but apparently you choose to do so anyway, and I do appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead and enter the Truth Hurts program to the 2020 Webby Awards, W-E-B-B-Y. Apparently there's an award show for podcasts out there over the World Wide Web, better known as the Internet. So we'll have to see. We'll get into the old Webby Awards and perhaps be able to grow the program just a little bit bigger. Keep your masks on and keep the COVID away, right? (laughs) We'll see you next time. Make it a great day. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Copyright 2020, Steve Knight Productions, all rights reserved. This program is protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. We'll see you next time.